Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we make the case that mathematizing is not about mimicking steps or memorizing facts, but it's about thinking, reasoning, about creating and using mental mathematical relationships. We take the strong stance that not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching, but that mimicking algorithms actually keeps students from being the mathematicians they can be. We answer the question, if not algorithms and step-by-step procedures, then what? So, Pam, <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, um, I kind of mentioned some some things about uh, what I'm we I'm kind of excited about today. today. I'm <laughs> excited about today's episode. I'll just tell you right now. Uh, <laughs> Hold I'm on to your hats, everybody. Here I'm goes. a little fired up. A little fired up. So, um, backstory. I recently saw some interesting things on a social media platform. Mm-hmm. By some fairly big name uh, people, educators. well known, well, well known. known math math edu- math teacher educators, uh-huh. <laughs> and I got me fired <laughs> up a little bit because the the language surrounding describing kids was really troublesome for me, mm-hmm. and very specifically calling kids high flyers. Yep. And the first thing that popped into my head at that time was if we're talking about students as high flyers, then what would the opposite of that be? Mm. And it makes me really sad, makes me really frustrated. And so, you know, I'm going to admit and I'm going to say, you know, right here that you and I have not always been the best. But in that moment, we we have probably said things before that mm-hmm could be taken out of context. We just throw out some words. So when you know better, you do better, right? Right, absolutely. And I got really fired up, which for me talks to how much progress I have made in that area. Mm. And so that's what I want to talk about today. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. This idea, (laughs) this idea that we still today talk about kids as slow kids, low kids, high kids, uh, high flyers, high flyers, smart kids, um, dumb kids. kids. I mean, let's be, yeah, let's be real. Yeah. This idea that we categorize students is really troublesome. And I, and I think that you and I have talked about this before. It's not necessarily just about replacing smart and dumb with some 
catchier words. It's not just about the labels. Yes. Right? It's not just like, let's come up with a better label. Okay, so we can't call you smart and dumb, so we'll call you high flyers and strugglers. There. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Kim, like you said, we've probably been guilty. Okay, I've been guilty. Like, I have for sure said, and for your struggler kids, and Mm -hmm. I don't know what I, I don't know what I... I don't know what I said. I don't think I, high flyers is not what I said, but I have for sure been guilty of not only labeling kids, not only putting this sort of uh, la- uh, label or term, or, or even if it was kind of a happy term, you know, like a different, I'm not mm-hmm. calling you dumb. I'm just mm-hmm. saying you're struggling. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but, but actually how do we think about kids? What do we think about the, the nature of learning and the nature right. of human right. beings right. and and the capability do, do we do we believe in people yeah. <laughs> so the other thing that really struck me was that in that same bit in that same post if you will mm-hmm. was this idea that there were some kids who need support and some kids who need a challenge it was mm-hmm. very how um here's for your kids who need support and here's for your kids that need challenge so not only was i a little fired up about the uh, announcement of high flyers mm-hmm. it was this idea that not only are there these or those, it was this idea that we can't acknowledge that all kids need support in some way or another. Absolutely. And all kids need challenged in some way or the other. Absolutely. And that's huge. Right. I mean, I really think that that speaks to what we believe about human beings and their their capabilities to learn and grow from where they are. Right. A lot of us are, have lately been talking about um, approaching students with an asset perspective. Do we really believe it? Do we believe that it makes sense to talk about what kids can do, what they do own, what they do bring to the table? Because they do. Mm-hmm. Every single kid brings stuff to the table. They bring mm-hmm. their prior experience. They bring their personality. They bring their humor. They bring their um, originality and creativity and their desires and hopes and dreams and everything they bring, they bring with them. They're not this sort of, oh, like now we're in math class. And so we separate all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. It really is more than just language. And and I got to tell you, it's interesting because um, we were having this conversation and um, I, I, because of that, I was talking with a a friend of mine, not really colleague, more of a friend. And she's not as much into math ed, a little bit, but not so much. And she said, um, cause I was kind of getting fired up too. And I told her <laughs> we were going to record this podcast and she said, oh, well, so what should, should what should we call kids? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, ah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I, I have an answer for that actually. Oh, oh, I want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe not an answer for what we should call kids because we should call them our students. But, but I think a new way to reframe your mind, a new way to consider that, that I'd like for us to propose mm-hmm. is that it has everything to do with experience. Everything to do with, have you had the experience necessary to build the connections where we are right now in our math class? And to play on that a little bit, or maybe we should let that soak for just a second. Like what is, yeah. what does Kim mean by that? Let me, let me sort of say the opposite. So the opposite could be, are you quick or slow? Like we could sort kids Ah, uh, they're really quick. They're really slow. Is that what means that you can do mathematics? Or is that is that sort of how we should judge you? Or we could say, oh, you're really smart or you're really dumb. Or we could say, oh, you really own a lot or you, you or you don't own anything at all. Or we could say, oh, you're really 
uh, we could do the whole learning style thing, which I don't believe in, but you're really visual and you're really verbal. And, and uh, like, we could sort of sort kids that way. Um, what are some other ways that people sort kids, Kim? Like not ways that we necessarily believe in, but help me. Or some other, um, mm, I don't know. Uh, I don't even love all the words that it's that... so, well, I, I don't love any of the words, but yeah. it's so often it's fast and slow. Yeah. So often it's, it's based on speed. It's advanced um, or, or remedial. They're, they're advanced in math and they yeah, it could be more. RT, RTI yeah. could be RTI. It could be GT. We might call kids mm-hmm. GT and, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, title one, the title one kids. Oh, those title one kids. Like, like this label that we're putting on kids what does it mean to you? Well, we are pushing back that all of the ways that we sort of have, have typically kind of sorted kids. Well, let me just throw out one more. I just thought of, we put them on a computer and they take this stupid test. And then the mm-hmm. computer says, Oh, you need to be challenged. We're going to put you in this high flyer group. You don't know what you're doing. And so we're going to put you in the support group. Mm-hmm. What do they know? Like what, mm-hmm. what, what do they know? What do they bring to the table? And then how could we move from there? Um, and what you're suggesting is what they know, what, what they own, where they are in the landscape of learning has everything to do with the experiences that they've had and less to do with how fast they are at it or how smart or dumb or uh, all the other things that we don't like. Yeah. All of those yeah. terms that are not helpful. Well, I'm suggesting that there are, we know this, kids come to school very early, some having more experience academically than others. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. some more with reading experience than others, some more with math experience than others. Some um, more with communication experience where if, if we have a kid who's only ever heard sit down, shut up, turn it on, turn it off, and have never like engaged in, you know, conversations back and forth and they've never sort of had uh discussions where they're they're asked to justify what they're thinking or, you know, have you know, like there's some intellectual arguments going like if, if kids have never experienced that then they haven't yet experienced that. As some kids have, it might look like some kids are somehow better than other kids, but mm-hmm. it, but what we are suggesting is in a huge way, it's experience. Right. Have they had the experience necessary to create those connections? And and I'll acknowledge that that sometimes kids need more experience than their peer might need mm-hmm. because they've had listen, my own kids they're my kids. They've been mm-hmm. talking math for a very long time. <laughs> I pick up what they're putting down and I help them make connections, right? This is <laughs> this is what I do. They have had I've got Luke's- video of you <laughs> working with tiny tiny Luke and right. Cooper and, and right. you're like back and forth and I'm like loving watching you um like help them with their math. Yeah. They quote unquote do well in math because they've had somebody in their life who helps that along, who mm-hmm. nudges, who makes connections with them. And they have peers who don't have that experience, who don't have that, you know, opportunity. And so that doesn't mean that my kids are better than some other kids. It means they've had more experience. And I yeah. think that's the, that, that the more I consider it, the more I consider the idea that maybe some just need more experience than others. Maybe they just haven't had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. If, if, yeah. So my younger son in uh, fourth grade was really amped up about division. And he said, oh, I'm bad at division. Oh, I remember that. Oh, mm-hmm. he was so frustrated with division and like strong multiplication skills, strong thinking, strong strategies, strong. 
But his connection was was tenuous to division. He really and he kept saying, I'm bad at division. And I said, don't don't say that. Like, you just need more time. Right. He mm. recently he's in fifth grade. He recently came home and said, like, I'm, I'm there. Like, I'm, 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 I've got some ideas. I've got some strategies. And, and I said to him, feels to me like you just needed a little bit more time and experience. And he did. And he acknowledges it. And he is, looks back on fourth grade him. And he like says to himself, mm, shouldn't have said that. Like he acknowledges that he just needed to think a little bit longer about some new ideas. And it, and it took him a little bit of time. But Such here he is, life and he lesson. has great experiences now and has amazing ideas. Absolutely. And for him to be able to take that into other areas of his life and just like give himself grace and say, I just need more experience here. I just need more yeah. time. And then let's be frank. Then he gets to choose, do I want to spend my time and getting these experiences at whatever point he gets to choose what he wants to sort of focus on in his life. Some kids may need more time and experience, will, will need more time and experience than other kids. To, to construct certain things. So I'll tell you my story. So uh, some of you guys know I played basketball. Y'all, I'm short and I'm slow. <laughs> I played <laughs> basketball. I, if I could compare playing basketball to sometimes the way that we teach, sometimes I feel like the way that we teach is that we tell kids, you can't play. Like mm-hmm. we tell kids, you're too short, you're too slow, you can't play. And and I want to, from my experience sh- as being short and slow, y'all, I played. Now, I, I worked hard. I worked really hard. I worked much harder than many of the kids that I played with um, because it took me more time and I needed more experience. Yeah. And, uh, but, but, but I was allowed to play like, yeah. um, interestingly, uh, so on the high school team, uh, I, I was on the A team in eighth grade, ninth grade. And then when I went to the high school, we had the sophomore JV and varsity and all of my peers that I played with, uh, made the JV team and I made the sophomore team. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, mm. like it was, that was really, that, that was, that was a hard moment for me. So I had to make a decision. Do I want to put in the time and the effort to get good enough? Cause I wanted to play varsity. Like I wanted to play. And at that moment I get to make a choice. Like, what do I want to, if, if, if for me to play, it's going to take more experience than some of my other peers. Then at that point I was given the choice. Nobody Mm -hmm. said to me, nope, you're stuck on the sophomore team forever. We're never going to let you move up. And no matter how good you get, no matter how much time you put into it, we're not even going to allow you to do that. We are going to say, since you can't you don't get to play. You, you can just sit over. In fact, Kim, uh, I had mentioned this to you before and you were like, oh, you just, we're going to have to do layups the whole time. And I was like, well, no, that's even like, at least that would be letting me like, like do some math, but no, a, a better analogy would be if you like made me sit and watch people play. Okay, Pam, you're not good enough, so I'm just going to have you watch and then mimic what you see. Like mm. that's never going to create a good ball player. A good ball player is going to have to get on the court and play, which brilliantly is what being on the sophomore team allowed me to do because I was the best or one of the best on the sophomore team. I played a lot, right? And so about yeah. playing a lot, then I got a lot of experience and then I was able to sort of experience. That's what we're talking about today is experience. And because I was able to get a lot of experience, then I made the varsity and then y'all, I played in Switzerland. Uh, a little known fact about Pam. I had some fun playing a semi-pro ball in Switzerland <laughs> for a little while because I was allowed to play. Like I was given the choice all too often in math education. I think we don't give kids the choice to, to really play with mathematics. Instead, we give them rules and procedures and we drill memorizing 
and we pretend that we're allowing them to actually play mathematics when in reality we that that's not real math that's fake math i want to give kids the chance to gain the experience yeah and so you know we need to acknowledge that there are some some gaps if you will in in classrooms some some kids who've had more experience some kids who've had a little less experience or maybe a lot less experience and we can't you know speed up time but the best thing that we can do is to continue to give kids experience and because some of them haven't had all the experiences they may not have had enough by the time they're in high school math to do calculus that doesn't mean that we shortcut and do what you're saying and give them rules and procedures and just call them strugglers and then keep giving them fake math. Oh, in fact, in fact, there's a fantastic quote by Peter Lilliedahl in Building Thinking Classrooms, where he says, student difficulty with mathematics has been a pervasive and systematic problem since the advent of public education, not because students can't learn mathematics, but because by and large, students can't learn by being told how to do it. Hmm. And that is the story of the kids where we just sit them on the bench and say, watch the basketball game and just mimic and, and nobody plays basketball well that way. One other thing I wanted to pop in just with, uh, real quick with the basketball analogy is, to be really clear, there are people who have more natural talent than me at playing basketball. I think there are people who have more natural talent at, at mathematizing and doing real math and might do it a little quicker than others. But what we are suggesting is we don't want to focus on that and we don't think it's important. What we think is important is that we take kids from wherever they are and we continue to move their mathematics forward. We continue to help them develop as a mathematician. And the best way to do that is inviting them, is, is a pumping experience into them. So maybe a challenge for our listeners is if that's what you believe, if you believe the same thing that we believe, that all kids can, that experience matters, maybe consider some of the things that we're saying. And if that message is being sent to your students, with your students, about your students, that all kids need support. All kids need challenge. All kids need experience. And we can provide that support and challenge and experience to all of our students as we help mentor them to be young mathematicians. Woo! Super cool. Hey, Kim, we are announcing that we've got some merch coming yes. up. Yes. Very cool stuff. Yep. Math is figure outable, all kinds of good stuff. November 26th on Black Friday, you can get some stuff to share with your favorite mathematicians. Excellent. So if you want to learn more mathematics and refine your math teaching so that you and students are mathematizing more and more, then join the Math is Figureoutable movement and help us spread the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.